Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is Andrea Ippolito, the CEO and co-founder at Simply Fed. How are you today? Not too bad. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so my background is biomedical engineer, uh, worked in telehealth. My graduate research at MIT was for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff on how to implement and scale telebehavioral health. Uh, so I've been working in telehealth for over a decade, co-founded my first company out of grad school, sold that to Athena Health, and then went to the federal government where I was a presidential innovation fellow based out of the White House Office of Science and Tech Policy. And my appointment was at Department of Veterans Affairs. And not a lot of folks realize that that's the largest healthcare system in the country. So incredible privilege to be there serving veterans and their families. Um, tail end of that was pregnant with my first daughter. Uh, we moved to upstate rural New York, uh, where I joined the faculty at Cornell, had my first daughter and saw how hard baby feeding was. And I learned that health plans are required to cover breastfeeding support at no cost to families under the Affordable Care Act, commercial and Medicaid expansion plans. And I learned that most health plans were not in compliance with that policy. So wanted to redesign this care pathway um, to be inclusive, no matter if someone was breastfeeding, formula feeding, pumping, so that folks had access to necessary needed baby feeding services um, connected to their health care. Because breastfeeding support is a clinical specialty and frankly, to date, hasn't been recognized as one. So further legitimizing it and really improving access to care. Enter Simply Fed, right? So <laughs> tell us a little bit about where the company's at today and uh, and then we'll dive into some some more fun stuff. Yeah, well, Simply Fed is a comprehensive baby feeding platform today. And we start working with families during pregnancy. We partner with healthcare systems. Uh, some of the largest women's health systems in the country refer to us starting at 28 weeks, uh, often via their EMR systems. And we do a prenatal baby feeding education appointment uh, to do a lot of listening to understand what parents' baby feeding goals are, whether that's breastfeeding, formula feeding, pumping. And then based on that, we design a plan. Uh, super important uh, to set expectations of what baby feeding looks like during pregnancy, I certainly didn't get that with my first daughter. And if a woman doesn't reach her breastfeeding and baby feeding expectations, she's much more likely to be diagnosed with postpartum depression. So we love supporting families during pregnancy. Um, and then, of course, after baby's born, we provide support in an ongoing, comprehensive way. Um, and here's the super cool thing about us is that we contract with commercial Medicaid and TRICARE health plans so that this entire care pathway is at no cost to families. Um, as an example, we have a national Aetna commercial contract. So if you have Aetna um, and have a family or friend share this because it's such an important resource that they have access to. Um, we serve Medicaid beneficiaries in several states. Uh, we serve all Colorado Medicaid beneficiaries. We have an amazing contract with United Healthcare North Carolina serving their Medicaid beneficiaries and then several others. Um, and then we serve all military families across the U.S. via our Humana TRICARE East and Centene Health Net Federal Services TRICARE West. So our goal is for this entire care pathway to be covered by insurance. And we help with latching, positioning, pumping, undersupply, oversupply, transition back to work. But most importantly, we meet parents where they're at. 
We work with combo feeding and pumping. We partner with all sorts of uh, pumping organizations, uh, DMEs, um, so that we improve access. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is when I say truly inclusive, comprehensive baby feeding, I mean it. Um, this past year, there's been a massive formula shortage and we help uh, support families with getting access to formula for those that want it and need it. And so we help distribute formula for those parents that, that have that as part of their care journey. And, and then they can get support alongside it to reach their baby feeding goals. Basically, you're superheroes. You're, you're helping out so many people in a variety of ways, but you know, focused on your, your North Star. So kudos to you and the team for what you've accomplished to date. Talk, talk to me a little about, surprisingly, right, as, as, a, as a guy, this is, this is still, this is not an area I, I know enough about personally, right? Um, tech and baby feeding. Like, let, let's talk a little bit about that and explain it to the broader audience that knows what you're talking about. And then also explain it to, to me. Uh, as as someone who you know, I haven't I haven't gone through that process with uh, you know significant other. Well, Jared, my heart is so warm right now that you're asking this. So thank you for being open to having the conversation. So like starting with fundamentals, right? Breasts are organs, and all too often, breasts uh, and breastfeeding have been so separate than the perinatal maternal healthcare journey, and moms in particular have been left to figure it out on their own. There's unfortunately this paradigm that when a, a parent, a mom has a baby, like she's so like taken after and, and actually we need to do more during pregnancy to take after parents. So it's still not great. But in particular, postpartum, um, it becomes all about the baby and mom is discarded despite having this crazy huge medical procedure, um, whether that's a C-section or vaginal delivery, holy moly, it's an insane medical procedure that's happened and the mental toll and the physical toll. And then parents are often, you know, moms especially left to figure it out on their own. Maybe they have a six-week postpartum visit. Good luck to you raising this kid. So you have the baby, you go through labor and then, and you're so focused on the labor, by the way, like you're like, oh my gosh, this is so stressful. Am I going to die? Especially when you look at the maternal mortality rates in this country. And then you have this baby, they hand it over and your first job as a parent is to feed it. And for me, with my first daughter, no one really prepared me for that. And no one prepared me for how connected it was to my health. So breastfeeding, again, breasts are organs. And so all of a sudden, you, if breastfeeding is your choice, and we're all about meeting parents where they're at, no matter what their choice is, whether that's formula feeding, breastfeeding, pumping, and if breastfeeding is your choice, all of a sudden you have to feed this baby. And while breastfeeding is natural, there's really not much natural about it. Positioning and latching and supply and undersupply, your milk doesn't tend to come in for three to five days after a baby's born and navigating that or having awareness of that. And it's droplets at first. And then what happens if it's painful? And often it is. And so working with a trained, certified healthcare professional that's board certified is so critical. And it's so critical that it needs to be part of your care journey. And that's what we do. And, and thank you for giving me credit. But honestly, it's all of our providers. Um, they, are, they are the superheroes. I'm just the backstage team member that's in support of them. Um, but essentially what we do is work with them via telehealth. And I'm sure you're wondering, hold up, why telehealth? Well, first off, 
after you've given birth, especially having to go to another clinic appointment when you are trying to physically and mental recover is hard. Secondly, when you need support is often quickly on demand. Because when something's an issue, if your baby is not feeding and they're dropping weight, you need help now. Or if you're in pain, you need help now. And often with access issues, as we know across healthcare, it takes a week to get an appointment. So telehealth and what I learned with working in the military as well is an incredible uh, force extender and builds capacity. So that's why health systems love referring to us because we help build their existing providers' capacity and augment them. And so telehealth, we can support families in their own home, on their couch, where they're going to be baby feeding. So the provider can work with them, design a plan, troubleshoot, say, your hand needs to go over there, show me where you're going to be baby feeding. Let's create a comfortable experience for you. Whereas when you do this in a clinic, by the way, nothing will ever replace elbow-to-elbow support in person. But when you do this in your clinic, it's it's in a clinic. And it's uh, you're not in your natural home setting. And so for me, when I got support in a clinic, it was you know great and helpful, of course. But that muscle memory of how I was going to be baby feeding wasn't built and improving access. We work with a lot of Medicaid beneficiaries. And one of the top reasons why folks no-show to appointments is lack of access to transportation. And so we help meet them where they're at. And so we have an entire tech-enabled service. We have an incredible CTO that has a ton of experience with healthcare. Um, And so we've designed this really thoughtful, frictionless experience for folks to get access seven days a week at all sorts of hours of the day and night so that we can serve their needs. When I think back to like challenges and everything around this, I don't know if you ever watched it, but I remember watching The Office when Jim and Pam had a kid and they're in the hospital and they're having trouble with latching, right? And they end up actually like breastfeeding the child next to them and just, oh my, like wild, wild. Um, And that's what I have to imagine like first time (laughs) parents, like that's the... Like, there's a reason they put it in the show, right? I'm not saying that you you mix up your child, right? But the the challenges, I think they were able to show, like, the latching and, like, what do we do? Like, that state of panic, right? Um, that's that's really cool. That that's my that was my experience with, with learning about it. So learning from you is way, way better. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think we all get education from the office. And it, it's a huge issue, right, that latching tends to be one of the first issues. And by the way, those issues change. And so that's another reason why I have access to ongoing virtual support matters. Uh, Andrea, talk me a little about what policies need to change in, in this space. So I, well, I love your podcast is I'm a big healthcare nerd. And you know, one of the things that we discovered, both through our own lived experience, right, as parents, um, but also um, being healthcare nerds, is that you know, as part of the Affordable Care Act, Breastfeeding support was stood up, required to be covered uh, by commercial and Medicaid expansion plans. Here we are, though, in 2023, and still very few health plans are in compliance with that policy. So last fall, the White House announced that HHS and actually, interestingly enough, Department of Labor were going to start enforcing this policy. So policies that need to change they they actually need to enforce this policy because it's been around for a decade. It's time, right? What we know for maternal health outcomes are incredibly terrible, especially for Black women. And we need to do oh so much more in this country for women's health. So the good news is there is 
congressional legislation and policy that has been passed, we just need it enforced. So that's one. And then, you know, second, of course, is paid parental leave and universal child care support. When you look at the history of legislation over the past few years, policies that impacting moms are the first to get dropped. And you look at Bill Back Better, universal child care, one of the first to get dropped. Same thing with paid parental leave. And so that needs to change. And let's be real. Women are half the workforce now. We are an economic engine. These policies are not philanthropic. It's just darn good business sense. Helping to support us for those that want to be in the workforce, retaining us needs to happen. And our country's economy depends on it. So take out like we need to support women because it's the right thing to do. Yes, of course, it's the right thing to do. Always. We're humans. Women's health care is human health care. And just economically, it makes good business sense, too. Yeah, I would like to see a compromise from both sides coming together on a lot of issues, right? But especially this issue. And I think there's ways to to better fund it too than we're currently maybe doing, right? Because like I think any pushback that there is, it's always around, well, who's going to pay for it? And and you know, and then on on one side, it's it just makes perfect you know perfect sense that we need to be doing this, right? You just said uh, making up over half the wor- workforce. Um, it'd be interesting, but see, here's the thing: everyone that's in politics, Andrea, they're they're not necessarily like. I feel like entrepreneurs can propose the right solution and then push it forward to try to make this happen. And it probably has a, a higher, higher likelihood of, of happening as a result. But I think you're 100% right that we need to be doing um, something around this. We need to better fund it. Uh, it needs to be something that is the norm, not, you know, uh, whatever the opposite of normal is. Not not normal. <laughs> well. Well, I love that you're raising this. So let's talk numbers because the data is insanely clear of the return on investment. And, uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm pregnant with my third kid. So obviously I'm super passionate about this topic. Um, But the reality is, is that depending on the type of of worker, it can cost up to $150,000. Um, to retrain, hire and retrain someone. And so these policies, um, not supporting them, is you're losing your female workforce. And that's not good for your business and your business's bottom line. And so let's take out like the argument that that like I oh, the who pays for it is such an important question, but also the data is so clear in the financial return on investment. We know that companies that have women are more profitable, more productive. Like it just the data has been proven by like every economic study out there, and so it's time that we actually start sharing and just being. And actually, it's not time because so many there's a chorus of folks doing this. But like, I I think people bring that up as an excuse, but that the return on investment is so super clear. Well, I think it becomes though easier to to answer the who pays for it if the return on investment is clear. So I'm glad that you said that. Um, It'll be interesting to see how everything continues to play out. But uh, we need having people like yourself that are building these companies in the space uh, are certainly helping move things forward. So kudos again to to you and the team. Uh, last, Last question for you before we wrap up here. Um, what parents now have access to, to Simplified? 
So technically, parents across all 50 states, uh, we can serve them. Um, so that's the beauty of our platform. We're a comprehensive baby feeding platform. We can serve all families in all 50 states. Um, we do have uh, many health plan contracts. So come check out our website, simplyfed.com, S-I-M-P-L-I-F-E-D.com, um, and we'll check your eligibility. But we also have amazing partnerships with Breast Pump companies, uh, durable medical equipment companies, so that you can get access to breast pumps. Um, and then also for those that need formula, we also have access to a really awesome, organic, affordable formula as well. Well, I want to thank you once again for coming on the podcast. Um, we're going to be doing some more stuff in the women's health space, by the way, so we can have you come back on. Um, it is a very important topic that we want to continue to cover. Um, it's uh, someone we had on the show a while back said, for a while, women's health was considered niche, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> and it's finally, uh, people are realizing it is its own huge category. It is so important. So thank you for, again, what you and your team are doing. No, thanks for having me. We're half the population. It's you know, similar to telehealth. I'm excited for telehealth just to be considered healthcare. And I'm excited for women's health care to be considered healthcare as well. So thanks so much for having me and sharing our story.